Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Hello and welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer of moms who are busy in the trenches of raising children one day at a time, one child at a time. Our proverb for today is an African proverb that says, what you help a child to love can be more important than what you help him to learn. I'll repeat saying, what you help a child to love can be more important than what you help him to learn. And this just reminds me so much of how we put so much emphasis on what we know and learning in school and academics. And if we you know, teach our children and they have every bit of knowledge in the world, but they don't have love and they don't have empathy and they don't understand what is important to love and to, to share then they will not fully in, enjoy this beautiful ride of life that lays before them. And it will be a struggle as much as they know. It will still be, uh, it will be a struggle without love, knowing everything else. So that is the lead-in to what we are going to be talking and, and, and sharing you know, somewhat about today with my very interesting guest, Dr. Jamie. I'm excited for yet another great interview with Dr. Jamie Lynn Guyton, and she is a medical doctor who finally awakened after a 30-year slumber. She is a New Jersey native whose medical career began in Houston, Texas, immersed in the conventional medical model. For over 10 years, she believed and taught that, quote, you are broken and need to be fixed biochemically, end quote, model of medicine. Her career took a drastic turn in 2010 as her personal health journey compelled her to reevaluate her professional interests and ultimately rewrite her story. Her then 18-year struggle with systemic lupus had become overwhelming and unacceptable. She began to broaden her scope of understanding about her own body, seeking out holistic and alternative care that would lead to life-altering physical changes in her body, heart, and mind. Dr. Guyton no longer has a relationship with lupus, medication, disease, or mainstream medical intervention, as she no longer resonates at that frequency. She has since made it her life's passion to share what she has learned about healing and wellness with anyone who will listen. She now knows that our physical bodies are perfect, whole miracles that possess innate wisdom and intelligence for self-healing and repair. Dr. Guyton resides in Austin, Texas with her husband, Alexander, and daughters, Aria and Jayla. She leads an active lifestyle and enjoys daily meditation, as well as connecting with people, animals, and nature. 
She is a way shower for healing and living in the now, finding great personal fulfillment and joy as a co-creator of her reality. So glad to have you, Dr. Jamie. Welcome. Thank you, Ekola. I appreciate it. It's always interesting to hear your own your your own Bible reflected back at you. <laughs> sure, sure. Yes, it's great to finally get a chance to kind of meet with you and do this interview because it's it feels like it's taken quite a journey just to get to this point. I had a mutual, you know, connection connect us and then we did start, you know, communicating and then due to the pandemic and cities freezing over, we have been rescheduled until now. So I really appreciate hanging in there to to finally get to this day. Forgot that we had the that also <laughs> interrupted our um our meeting time. I know. And I, and honestly, I feel like time has gone so much quicker. I have no concept of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm constantly needing to be reminded that it's probably been six months since we've been connected. It's been (laughs) a good. (laughs) I think so. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, this, this whole, yeah, experience over the last year plus, right. has been a time warp for sure. And so it's, it's great that you know, part of your story is reminding us to be in the moment and to be present. So I'm excited to hear, to start off with kind of how your life is now and how things are going for you. My life is phenomenal. You know, 2020 did bring about, <clears throat> even though it's, we call it the year that doesn't exist, it really did bring about a lot of self-reflection, a ton of reflection, a ton of really deciding who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in the world. And that eventually led, I was, you know, I was working, I was doing some part-time functional medicine and realized that I didn't really even want to be doing that anymore. And I had serious, honest conversations with myself about that. Mm -hmm. So by the end of 2020, I, for the first time since I was in my early twenties, am not working quote unquote, I'm not, you know, doing a nine to five thing and really sitting back and and creating from a space that frankly I didn't even know I had in me right but you you don't so you're quiet enough to to listen so i'm in a really beautiful space really excited to bring forth all the things that i'm going to bring forth in the in the coming years giving myself space in a way that i've never have it feels really good to be able to get up in the morning. And if I'm choosing to have a cup of tea, I could sit and drink that cup of tea for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy every last drop of it. <laughs> every second of it. Um, and then flow into my day in a way that's very much in the now, right? Sometimes I'm not in that creative space and I have to own that. Or sometimes I really feel tired and worn out from, you know, life. And being able to nap and rest is, you know, feels, feels really good. Being able to have an impromptu lunch with my husband. He also is an entrepreneur and uh, is working from home. So, yeah, I mean, to make a long story long, you know, (laughs) (laughs) feeling really good, feeling really grounded and solid and sovereign. And I, and I do thank 2020 for that. Yeah. Yes, I too did a lot of reflection and took the, the the slowing down of life to do very much the same thing. And I I know that's 
you know, why we are connecting, you know, as, as we do in, in the short time that we're knowing each other, because it did end up giving birth to even this podcast, right? A, a yeah. that had, the seed that had been in my heart for years since I became a mom. And so, you know, I'm curious for you how, how you were able to kind of stay in that flow and stay in that now and juggle two young children at home. Tell us about your family. Yeah. And so that was the biggest test, right? Um, yeah. Honestly, when I first, so my youngest is, my oldest is eight. And when I had her, I did not feel equipped as a mom. I didn't feel equipped as a parent, period. I had a pretty significant postpartum uh, depression that at the time I did not know what was going on. Most moms in that space have no clue that that's what they're experiencing. And found myself really running back to work because of the fear and because of the inadequacies that I was feeling about being a new mom. And and then I had my second one five years later. She's three, going on four, and felt a little more prepped at that point. Not because we planned it, because neither one of my kids were planned. They're always like, surprise, but, but welcome, right? Welcome surprises. Felt a little bit more equipped to step into that nurture role, right? I think that as a, I know I'm jumping all over the point place, but I I have a point here. As a a professional, especially female professionals now, we do feel this pull or push, a little bit of both, to be all the things to all the people. And so it really took a conscious effort for me to say, okay, I can, just as much as I nurture my business, I can also nurture my kids. I don't have to separate those two things out into pods, right? And so it's only been in this last year that I've relaxed into, how about we just make parenting fun? How about we just make nurturing fun? How about you remember, here's the thing I remembered. My kids are raising me. I'm not raising them. And that's, there's a pun in there because our kids come so connected to the divine and to source and to a high vibratory state of being that we forgot. And when we can get on the ground with them and do Legos and play and do art and listen to long stories that have no ending, (laughs) my kids love to tell, they're raising us. They're raising our vibration. They're raising who we are have become. And I've only learned that in this last year, really. And so it's become effortless, really. It's become this effortless thing to play and be and honor the moments when I'm not there and and be perfectly honest with them. Hey guys, I don't have the energy. I'm not, I'm not into it right now. Mommy's got a headache. I really need to get this dinner on the table. Right. And remembering that, and, and they're so mature that they're like, Okay, sure, mommy, we'll go off and we'll do this other thing. So it's a combination of remembering that there are teachers, being present for whatever the moment has to give. Good, bad. You know, I'd be lying to sit here and say that parenting, being a mom is all about joy and excitement and fun. It's not. All the time. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's certainly not that, but teasing out those moments and being honest with yourself and your kids has been priceless for me. Yeah. Yeah. You are bringing up a really, you know, beautiful thing in that 
there's a transition in us that happens when we become moms. And certainly there's, you know, the, the pregnancy and then there's the delivery and holding this, this beautiful being for the first time in your arms that you've you know, felt connected with as they've grown in your body. But, you know, even after all, even just as amazing as it is, becoming a mom is a journey that's, that's more than even just delivering, right? Just ha- having those first moments, right? It's really kind of the rest of, <laughs> the rest of your journey, the rest of your life. Because there's so many changes happening in the body, happening in your your mind, happening in your sense of yeah who you are, your identity, and they are constantly changing too. So it's a, a constantly evolving, you know, like you say, like elevating experience if you allow it to take you for that ride. Absolutely, and what a great point it is. It's the it's the it's the recognizing that it is the journey that there is no endpoint, and that's the piece that I think somehow got inverted in us along the way that, okay, you do this and then you're done. And then you do this and then you're done. And then, and it's like, well, no, how about it just be a smooth, flowy, you know, never ending journey that goes up and down. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, every day. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. And then you also kind of raised the the point of how becoming a mom and the journey, that journey impacted your kind of professional goals and your professional journey. So talk a little bit about that. They both created awakening in me in different ways. Aria, my eight-year-old, created the awakening of my mind and body, helping me to remember that without those temples, we're not, you know, we're not going to get very far, right? So she helped me awaken to my physical journey. And a lot of my lupus healing happened right before giving birth to Aria. And then Jayla helped me awaken to my true spiritual nature, just taking me to that that whole other level. She and I, in, in the womb, she and I had really cool, interesting conversations. And I know that might not, you know, a lot of people don't. May not subscribe to that, but that was my journey. That was that was what what I experienced. So they they both uh, through both of those awakenings, they shifted who I beca- who I decided I was and who I became. Once you know you, yourself, you can't unknow yourself. Really, is how I like to say it. So once I knew my spiritual nature, once I knew. I came here with the divine blueprint to usher these kids into uh, seeing themselves fully, right? Not continue down the same path of, let's just, you know, get to school, get a job, do this thing, continue on the same path. I could no longer be the old version of myself. And I wouldn't give it back. Like I loved all of the the challenges uh, that I faced because they were opportunities. There were just these beautiful opportunities to truly step in. So that's how they, that's how they have, have helped me to shift. Beautiful, beautiful. Our, our children can wake us up in ways, you know, if we allow them to, if we are open to that, we have to be open to that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to talk a little bit more about your healing journey mm-hmm. with the lupus because many 
you know, as we get older, we, you know, often, you know, have more health issues in general. We, you know, a lot of the health issues can relate to joints and old injuries and and flare-ups and inflammation. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you, you know, in your bio describes, you know, yourself having, going from having, you know, systemic lupus to not having a relationship with it anymore. Yeah. And so this will probably ruffle some feathers, especially in the medical world, but I essentially cured it. All autoimmune disease is curable, even though we have been told over and over again that they're not. They are. In fact, all the things that I was told about my lupus at 16, you know, I'm going to have a really hard time having babies. I'd be, I'd have it forever. I'd be on medication forever. Like all those things I have proved untrue in my physical body. So that's the first thing I want to say. Like I want to give all autoimmune patients. It doesn't matter if it's lupus or Hashimoto's or multiple sclerosis, some light because these things can be put behind you in permanence. Now that's a choice as well, but they can. So my journey started in my, so I, so I was diagnosed at 16 and I kind of lived out the, I lived out what they told me it was going to be for about 18 of those years where I took my medication. I was a really good patient. I stayed away from the sun. I didn't, you know, I didn't ask too many questions, really. And yeah, in, in that time of, of Aria and, and thinking about Aria and, and Alexander coming into my life, I started to realize that there were some behaviors that I was doing in terms of the things that I was eating. But the most important thing was the, the, the thoughts that I was spewing out into, into the stratosphere, really like the, the emotional toxicity that I was carrying far outweighed the physical toxicity, right? So it was a cleaning up of both my physical world, you know, minimizing alcohol, making sure I was eating, you know, beautifully loved, non-genetically modified foods, but really cleaning up my mind, cleaning up that vehicle is what's, what switched it for me. And it took a couple years to get off medications. And once I was off medications, my mind was clear enough to then start doing that work, that emotional work, seeing where I wasn't really loving myself. You know, in Ayurvedic culture and medicine, they believe that autoimmune disease comes from a lack of self-love, right? Because they look at chakra systems. So with the heart being here and the thymus being right above it, they believe that there's a lot that it has to do with love, self-love, especially starting to love myself, starting to honor myself, starting to speak up for myself. All of these played roles in reversing my lupus. And that obviously changed my career because once I went, you know, I had a conventional understanding and then I started to understand just through my own physical body that there was more to it than just medication. And then eventually it became more to it than just supplements too, which to me is the the new age medication. And then I eventually stepped into more of an energy medicine platform, understanding that we are quantum beings having a physical experience. So the absolute best challenge of my life was curing lupus in my body, because that now allows me to go out into the world and say just exactly what I just said. Like, we don't, these aren't death sentences. These aren't things that we have to have. And if we can really truly connect this mind, body, spirit, quantum nature of who we are, it just, it's limitless and infinite what we get to create in this world. 
Yeah. I've heard the idea of kind of the quantum, you know, level or the, or the quantum physics right connection. But I, I think a lot of us don't really understand what that means. I mean, I've asked my husband, who's an engineer, to explain to me, you know, what, what it means. And, you know, you look and research online. But could you help us, especially if we don't really understand, you know, what that means? You know, the first thing to understand, like all the, the great quantum physicists will say, if you think you understand quantum physics, you don't understand the first thing about it. So the, the, the first thing to understand is that there's no intellectual understanding of that world, right? So you're trying to, we're trying to understand the infinite, the unseen in a finite space, which is how we, which is what we do. We're human. But that's the first thing is to like cut yourself some slack in wanting to understand, right? It's not a, it's not a intellectual journey. And that was the hardest part for me too, because Mm -hmm. I am a physician and I do know how to do algorithms and memorize and, 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 and understand the book learning, right? I get it. I know how to do But when you have to step back and now come into a space of, I'm going to have to feel this, I'm going to have to know this as a foundational truth, that's a different, your cells are interacting with the information very differently. It's not brain to body, it's heart to, to cell. And so it's a whole different understanding. But if I had to put it into some simple layman terms that people could understand, in the last decade, our body field, or our human body field is what it's called, has been mapped, okay? That means that our energetic signature that kind of hangs out around us has been mapped, right? And so that was attractive to me because I did need to make that kind of very three-dimensional leap from, okay, well, I know that cells are here and we can see those, like te- how can I see this field? Well, it's been mapped and it's, and it's uh, fully functional and can be brought to life in, uh, through a computer technology. So you have a quantum field around you. You have an unseen, smaller than an atom field around you that is interacting with and interdependent upon your physical body. And they're always talking to each other. And... <clears throat> What was so interesting to me and what made me make the leap from, you know, functional medicine to energy medicine was that it was the understanding that our physicality is the secondary process. It's happening after the energy, right? Energy begets matter. Matter doesn't beget energy, but they both rely on each other. And so once I truly understood that and could feel that and sense that every time I was working with a client, to me, it made sense to go to the primary source of information, right? Our cells are, 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 are simply responding to information, albeit energetic information, it's information nonetheless. And so I like to work at that level where the primary information is sitting and can be shifted and then interact with that secondary level of information, which is our physicality. I hope I didn't go too far off the scientific deep end there. <laughs> So, I mean, it sounds like energy medicine is kind of a a cycle between energy and matter or substance, right? That there's a flow going between 
this this energy that's around us and then our physical our physical body parts and and and, and systems absolutely and one doesn't one doesn't exist without the other mm-hmm. absolutely right the most common and most acceptable understanding is our electromagnetic field because we can test it right and we mm-hmm. can kind of see it right so you're uh, you don't nothing in your body communicates with each other without the electromagnetic field in place at all times right you take it one step further than your electromagnetism and you're talking about your quantum nature okay okay and i think one of the things that i always am looking for and i'm trying to understand is healing you know as a you know as a healer myself right and working with children and families to to bring about that healing in in whatever you know way that we can for that child and that family and so i i'm always looking for to understand healing better and and results right like you know you're talking about really changing the way that your body you know, was, 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 you know, processing this information or this diagnosis, which is really powerful. And so I really appreciate just, you know, just, just having us consider what that could be and what that could mean for healing and what that could mean for disease, what that could mean for some of the the labels that we hold on to, because that's what we, that's what we know. Indeed, indeed. And very well said. The only other thing that I would add that I learned over the last couple of years that really was extremely significant was that our physicality are reflections of our minds, right? And this has been studied and studied and restudied. And, you know, you could look up Reich Hammer's work and some of the other trauma-informed specialists who've been around for, for centuries. But if we can get at the mental, emotional traumas, shocks, and conflicts that we hold, you'd be surprised how the physical body falls in line. And that's also a quantum concept, right? But yeah, you know, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's very illuminating and it's, it, it, created a, it creates a limitlessness. If we're willing to explore the potential of these things that we can't see, again, who you become and how you get to co-create your experience just... It's an irreplaceable, beautiful, exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you bring up how kind of our experience is through our thoughts, right? Through our mind, like what we think, you know, is, is happening. What we think we see is, is kind of what we see, whether whether it's actually what it is or not. Um, and in some ways, it's kind of like we we are what we eat. And so, you know, I like to transition and, and talk a little bit about with my guests about food. And you you brought up changing the way you eat in this journey as well. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, how you feed your family and, and how you, you know, kind of tap into that healing, right, with food. Yeah, so we're, we're a Buddha bowl family. I like, you know, everything in one dish. I don't want to have to make 14 courses. So, you know, (laughs) a green, a grain, a fat. My girls don't particularly love the beans. So, you know, it's, you know, once a week we're having shrimp taco bowls or fish tacos Mm -hmm. or, you know, barbecue chicken bowl. Like whatever I can throw in a bowl and everything's there. (laughs) 
<laughs> but the most important part about food, you know, I used to be kind of a food Nazi, and, you know, when I had my own integrative practice and food lists and stay away from this, and don't do this. And, and I found that that was more harmful than kind of this loose understanding that as long as it's not Frankenfood, right? Like really, if you're going to buy it in a box, make sure it says non-GMO. As long as, as you're kind of, that's your main focus and, and, and the, the eating and the experience and the cooking of food is done with love. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you there's value, there's transmutation in whatever you're going to eat. Right. So if you have to eat, you know, I remember a client called me one time crying. She was about to start her cycle and she really wanted a piece of chocolate cake. And I was like, sister, eat the cake. Like, it is not that serious, right? Like, but it was about, you know, like getting rid of the guilt and shame and blame. Because when you chew that, you are chewing that. You are mm -hmm. guilt and shame and blame. Mm -hmm. If we can start having these different relationships with how we, how we interact with food. Am I cooking with love in my heart? Do I know my farmer? Are we sitting and we having conversation and breathing as we're eating? Frankly, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what you eat. Now, I say that with a grain of salt because, you know, that doesn't mean I want you to go get McDonald's every day and eat that with love. You know, still Frankenfood. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that term before. <laughs> Frankenfood. Really? Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, that's a big one. Kind of like dead food. Is that what no. you would? Yeah, dead food or food that's been modified food. Ooh, that's been made in a lab. Like we have mm. such beautiful uh, food from the earth mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. in all her bounty. And, and we got to get back to that. Stop vilifying carbohydrates and you know, keto is better than vegan. It's like, stop all of it. Stop. Mm -hmm. stop it. <laughs> eat whole, eat with love. And I promise you, you're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> But that Thank was kind you. of the journey. Yeah, yeah, I did go from like super strict. Aria probably had a super, a more super strict diet. No gluten, no dairy, no this, no that. And it's so interesting. She would get, she got sicker as a kid, lots of colds and flus. Whereas JLo, when I kind of lifted some of my need to be so controlling around that <clears throat> and really kind of honor what I just said in terms of the way we eat, she mm -hmm. are less cold and flus. So I don't mm -hmm. know if it's a correlation. I don't know if it's a one-to-one -one mm -hmm. cause. But I can just put that out there. Sure, sure. Yes, and speaking of, you know, doing things with love in our heart, um, you know, there's so much that's been going on uh, in, in the world, you know, the, the pandemic, I think, brought and pushed things to the forefront. But when it comes to race and relations and connecting with people and empathy and all of those, um, all of those things, I think, you know, love in our heart um, has to has to be there for the people, right? It has to be there for others. We talked about, you know, self-love. And, yeah. and that is a, the foundation, really, of being able to love and, and nurture others. And so I'm curious, you know, tell us about your family's, you know, ethnic makeup and then, um, you know, how you're raising your girls, right, in this world where there's so much craziness around, yeah. you know, how we, how we see and treat other people. Yeah. So my husband and I are both um, 
African-American, I guess, is the term. I don't, I don't know which term I like or don't like, because at the end of the day, <clears throat> the way we're raising our family is not through, is really staying away from, and I, the danger for me comes in identity politics. The more we micro-identify ourselves into smaller and smaller, I'm a woman, I'm a, so I go from being this limitless being to being a woman and a black person and a doctor and, a, you know, and, I, and by, by the time I'm done, my light is completely turned off and I forget my source light nature. I forget my divine nature. So the, the biggest thing that we and it's and it's really interesting because my husband and I feel the same way about this. Um, and that's sometimes hard within a family unit. Like people tend to have different understandings of the way they want to raise their kids. While we want them to be very proud black little girls, and they are. I mean, they're just, you know, they both have dreadlocks. They both love who they are. They go to an unschooling environment where there's probably only another three or four kids who look like them, but they're, but they're all so, they're just so strong in their beingness, right? But the, the, the biggest thing we, we teach is your source light first. You're, you're here, you're here to have an experience and you are an aspect of God having that experience. And while your skin color does play itself out on this terrain in, in various ways, you don't have to own that oppression. You don't have to decide that that's who you're choosing to be. And um, that seems to be working for us now. I mean, our kids are young. We'll see how that plays out later. <clears throat> But um, that was a big pivot that I had to make for myself. I was very, um, in my teens and probably my early 20s, I was very uh, fight the power, for lack of another way to say that. <laughs> And all I found myself doing was creating anger within me. And so if I'm solid and sovereign with who I am, then I get to project that out. And that's that's what how we choose to deal with everything that's going on. And I'm, and and it's an un, unpopular answer, right? It's it's very unpopular, and I probably didn't say it out loud till a, a couple of years ago for fear of backlash of what other black people would say that you know I'm not being black enough. I'm not you know fighting the good fight. I'm not you know oppressing the oppressor. None of that to me. <clears throat> is going to get us to where we are meant to go. Mm -hmm. The higher uh, I rise, the more love that I share, that will be the experience that I get to see in my outer projection. And I just hope we all mm -hmm. in that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, you know, my goal is, is to always be connected to the, the, you know, to God, who is my source and the, you know, the, the creator of all, of, of all things. And I, and, you know, it's about, it's about being all that we're meant to be the light, right? We, we were all called to be light. And if we step into that fully, 
then we we bring light everywhere we go and you know dark, darkness cannot overcome the light right and so yeah i think the i think it's taken yeah it takes a lifetime to kind of get to that that place or that 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 uh, knowledge right i mean although as young as you know i can remember my favorite song has been this little light of mine and that song has come up in in special ways in different aspects of my life and i you know love singing it with my girls and all of those different things and yet it means so many different things right it it means and it's grown right as i've grown as well and so i think the the challenge then becomes how do we help our children right to 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 live as light and not be consumed by you know all of the the darkness that's trying to to come at at them and come at us if we if we allow it to you have to be it mm-hmm. only way is to be it there will never be enough words that we're going to be able to express to our kids that will outshine us just being it, right? We are human beings yeah. here. We are not mm-hmm. doings here. We've we played that out, mm-hmm. played out this existence for the last 2,000, 5,000 years, but that's not who we are. So my, my girls, and I'll never forget when I was contemplating leaving my job and Aria said something like, I know, mommy, you're always working. You don't have time to play or something that just broke my heart into like 30 pieces yeah. <laughs> in an instant, right? It was, it was that lesson. It was like, oh, God, she's calling me out in real time. And then being this person now that's more accessible, uh, accessible more available, more present, and watching how they respond to me, it's, it's been the best lesson. I just have to be that thing I want them to see and, 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 and continue to be as well. Mm-hmm. So that the, you pass the light on to them. And, and it just is a continuous exploration, right? Or, and, and exposing, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, sharing. And they you. And they you. Them constantly... Being that playful, joyful, I don't have any fear or worry or concern. Uh, that that keeps coming back on me. Like, well, okay, well, I don't really need to be all stressed out anyway. What am I, what am I so stressed out about? So thank you so much for, you know, sharing all that you've shared. I think it's been important to, to push ourselves and to consider, you know, what, what more lies out there that we might not even be be aware of as far as you know this existence you know that that we live in the you know the 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 light the spirit the energy and our connection to god and and you know all that is divine and so as we're winding down i you know i know a lot of moms are struggling they're struggling with so much um, from before the pandemic to during the pandemic to now as we are you know hopefully wrapping up this pandemic. I'm curious, you know, um, you know, see, I see you as a mom changing the world, using your voice, you know, as a leader in, in healing. And so from your perspective, you know, what advice do you have to the moms who are struggling right now? Just what I say when there's any soul sitting in front of me and, 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 and going through a struggle, it, this is your opportunity, this challenge, this struggle, Whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's financial, you can't get a job, the kids are doing this or that. It really doesn't matter. 
this is an opportunity. If you can find my biggest spiritual moments were in my darkest times, in my darkest times. And if you can just find that little tiny spark of fire that's calling you and saying, hey, I'm here, call on me. I have a solution, right? Let it go for like 10 minutes, not even long, like 10 minutes, I'm not even gonna worry about this thing. I promise you the solutions and the the ways out and the direction and the flowy path presents itself every single time. Mm -hmm. It's our holding on to that perception as real. It's our holding in that struggle. It's our validating ourselves in that struggle. It's our victimizing ourselves in that struggle that keeps us right there. But the minute we open our arms, step back, let go, it all solves itself. And and I know it sounds like rhetoric. I promise you, the first time I heard it, I wanted to run for the hills. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I got $10. How am I going to buy groceries, Jamie? I get it. I get it. That's the plane of existence we are on. But that's also the opportunity. And the second you meet it as an opportunity is the second it gets solved. That would be my advice. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not practical. But. <laughs> But it's big and beautiful. And I promise if you try it. Right. It could work for you. It could work for you. Yes. I, I'm all about opportunity as well. Because really, you know, life is a series of opportunities, right? And it's, you know, whether you run from it, whether you face it head on, whether you embrace it. And if the last year plus has taught us anything, it, it has been that. And so thank you. And I, you know, I think moms, thank you for, for that reminder. That in the hardest of times can come the biggest of opportunities if we if we allow it to. Yeah. So, you know, this year we've been talking about renewal. And I'm curious for you, you know, what that means and what that looks like. Such a great theme and such a great word. And my one of the co-founders of the school that I'm building is in charge of the plant and herb department. And she would say, she would have this whole eloquent thing about how a plant renews itself from seed. And that's how I think about it. Renewal for me is I started a garden for the first time ever and mm. everything didn't survive the freeze, but I did it again. I didn't let that yeah. have this big, beautiful green garden out back. And yeah. that's what renewal feels like, right? Um, mm. Renewal is also just the, the level of self-care that I give myself. I give myself about, my husband and I split it up. So he takes the kids to school, which gives me about an hour and a half in the morning for my self-care, my meditation, walking, my exercise, my stretching, whatever I'm choosing to do that day. I, I have this one and a half hour, two hour period to do it sans kids. And then he get I pick up the kids in the afternoon and he gets that same. So renewal looks like self-care. Renewal looks like teamwork. I'm constantly telling my girls, we're a team. We're a team. We all got to play our parts if we're going to make this, make this thing work together. You know, mm-hmm. so go pick up that toy. And Ari, I need you to go clean up that thing over there while I cook dinner. And we're all working as a team. And then renewal looks like doing right now, this great shift that we've all stepped into. No matter what it all looks like, we've shifted. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're. This is the first time in human evolution we're 
at this moment and in this place and have access to a higher vibration than we've ever had before, that's renewal. That's, man, talk about getting to do it again, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about mm-hmm. getting an opportunity to take another moment and another step and shift gears. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So that we can emerge out of this renewed, you know, they talk about the new normal and I, you know, I, I, I hope it's a renewed, <laughs> a renewed right. place, right? Yeah. That we can just continue to, to build on from there. So yeah, you've talked a little bit about self-care and, and, you know, I, it's amazing that you can, you know, structure your day to have, you know, two hours of it each day. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm encouraging people to have at least 15 minutes, you know, uh, you know, a day, <laughs> yes. you know, if you can eke that out. So yeah, maybe wrap us up with, you know, what, uh, what are, you know, some of the best ways that you found, you know, to, to nurture yourself and to rejuvenate yourself in a practical way. I love breath work. I love, love, love yogic breath work. And I took a, a virtual yogic retreat. We did a yogic retreat, I don't know, several months ago. And it was the breath. I mean, everyone knows asanas. Everyone knows how to go and do power yoga, but it was the breath work that has been perpetually missing from my yogic um, practice. And I, so I love breath work every day. Taking that deep cleansing breath for 15 minutes is just game changing. And then there are some breaths that, you know, if I'm, if I'm tired or if I'm irritable or I'm anxious or whatever, I can employ specific types of breaths that'll, you know, get me out of that situation. Um, in an instant. I love my meditative practice, which is not necessarily clearing my mind. It's, it's more connecting. Some people would call it prayer, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just connecting with that aspect of myself that sees all that I don't necessarily see. Love that relationship. It's such a fun and imaginative journey. And then my other big practice is to move in some sort of way. I don't feel like I have to move hard every day. I don't, I'm not out there, you know, crossfitting and doing <laughs> lifting. T- <laughs> yes, but some of whether- us do not need to crossfit. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring that down a couple of notches. We don't all have to do that. Now, if that, right. that feels good to you, great. I do like to sweat. I do some movement. I do some high intensity training, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Stretching. I love doing yin style, regenerative style yoga and, and movement. And I love walking. I walk every day, regardless. I'm out in nature every day, rain or shine. Matter of fact, we just got through eight or nine days of rain and I love getting caught in it. (laughs) I got caught in it again. You know, it's like, no, I actually really like it. So those, those are the the self-cares that I enjoy. And that was the other piece of it, right? Like, I think when we all start this healing journey, we're told what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to do it. Here's how you care for yourself. Well, go explore what feels good to you. Yeah. Be dancing. You might get up and did, you know, African dance for a good year in the morning because that felt good shaking like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so exploring what feels good to you and what you like is where you're going to have that longevity in any practice. 
Right, right. Yeah, I talk a lot about, you know, doing Zumba and now I, you know, teach it and teach Zumba for adults and for little kids. It's a, so nice. Because, yeah, I, I just love to dance and move and, and dance different types of music from all over the world. And so it helps me feel connected to, to the bigger world and it feels more like a dance party than an exercise class, you know, and I can share that yeah. with other people. So. Great. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for this conversation that, you know, this kind of enlightenment, right, uh, you know, journey that that we're, we're talking about. And um, I know that that, you know, as we're open to, you know, what's all around us, what, what, is, what is constantly all around us and, and how, you know, God and, and, you know, the divine is constantly available. And if and as we can tap into that, or I know all of our lights will shine brighter. And as moms, we need to to pour that light into each other as well. And, and so, thank you so much for for sharing that with us today. Thank you, Goddess. I appreciate it. I really appreciate the the space, and it's been an honor to sit with you today. Yes, yeah. So, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to to reach out or connect with you more? I just launched a website for energy medicine. It's called the healing is within.com. Um, so people can find me there. You can email me, you can reach me through the contact page. If you have questions, mm-hmm. generally get back pretty quickly. Wonderful. Thank you. We'll do that. Have an amazing day. Thank you. You as well. Now I wanted to lead us in some breath work today as we discussed and so wanted to invite you to set aside even just a few minutes to do some breathing work and and walk you through what I have been taught is called box breathing or a way of thinking about breathing as if you're drawing the shape of a box. So to prepare for some time of mindfulness, go ahead and just settle yourself if you're sitting in a chair if you can take a pause from whatever you're working on, with if it's laundry or dishes or anything like that, you can sit nice and tall in the chair or on the floor. And if you're lying down or resting, you can even just, you know, lie down and feel the support of, of the earth and the chair beneath you. My feet are planted sol- solidly on the ground. And so we just acknowledge that and recognize that feeling how your sit bones are seated in the the hip bones of the seat that's holding you up and how your back can become tall and straight, not so that it's stiff, but so that it can um, be a column that energizes you as you, if you feel comfortable and can safely do so, close your eyes or soften your gaze, looking down and really taking a moment to to turn your attention to your breath. So as you're breathing, breathe in through your nose in a natural way, just noticing where you feel you're breathing the most. As we're taking the next three to five breaths, notice if you feel your breath more at the nostril, with the warmer air rushing out versus the cool air that rushes in. Or maybe you notice it more at the rise and fall of your chest 
Or maybe you feel it more with the rise and fall of your belly as it expands out and in, as if it's a balloon taking in and letting out the air. With your hands and shoulders relaxed, you can place your hand, if you'd like, on that spot or that area, if it's the chest or the belly, as an anchor, reminding you to draw your attention back to the breath if your mind wanders away or you get distracted, which is natural and will happen even in the few moments that we're taking to do this breath work together. Now, once you found your anchor, I invite you to imagine or actually use your finger, pointer finger, to draw the shape of a box. And as you do so, drawing upwards from one corner to the top corner, you'll breathe in for three breaths. And then as you hold your breath for six seconds or six breaths, You can imagine drawing the side, the long side of your box. And then you can imagine or actually draw with your finger the downside, say to the right, um, from top to, to bottom right of your box corner as you breathe out for three and then reconnect, come back to the beginning of your box in the left bottom corner as you pause for three. And so if you are seeing me in the recording, we can do this together as I count us through our box breathing. Beginning now. In for three, two, three, hold for six, two, three, four, five, six, out for three, two, three, and pause for three, two, three. Start again, in, up, two, three, and hold six, two, three, four, five, six, out for three, two, three, and pause for three, two, three. Let's do a few more of those together. Cleansing breath. Start in for three, two, three. Hold for six, two, three, four, five, six. Out for three, two, three. And hold for two, three, two, three. Two more in for three, two, three, nice and big. Hold for six, two, three, four, five, six, and out for three, two, three, and pause for three, two, three. Last one in for two, three, two, three, and hold for six, two, three, four, five, six, out for three, two, three, and pause for three, two, 
and feel all of the tension just melt away from your body down and out through the floor into the earth. And then taking a moment to notice how you're feeling right now in your body, the sensations that are awakened as you've taken several deep breaths. And prepare to come back into the room and space where you began. But now you'll be renewed. And three more breaths. Gently open your eyes with a soft gaze and begin to take note using all your senses of the world around you. Take this breath exercise with you when you have a few minutes through your day And it's also a fun one that you can share with children because it's simple using the shapes. And if they want to be active, they can draw the shape with their finger. Thank you for taking this time to breathe with me. listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview and find out how to work with Akua as a parenting coach. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.